welcome to the All Things Strange podcast. This time around, we're talking about the recent NASA UFO hearing. All right. This is a pretty recent event. It happened on the 15th of September. I haven't had a chance to cover it just yet, but I wanted to get around to it because it's somewhat important, kind of. It's pretty interesting, anyways, that NASA is openly talking about UFOs. And sometimes I suppose it's interesting to talk about things that are happening now rather than historic cases, which is most of what we do on this show. We don't talk about stuff that happened last week. We tend to talk about things that happened, let's say, in the 1960s. <laughs> so let's get to it. All right. So NASA is doing a complete 180, um, which is kind of weird because they, in the past, they have ridiculed witnesses, denied that UFOs are a real thing. You know, the whole, the whole nine yards is there's a reason why people say that NASA stands for never a straight answer. It's because of their history of never giving a straight answer, right? Of answering things that we, the ways that we don't like. So I think this is possibly, like I've said in a recent episode, this might be part of the soft disclosure deal. They just released um, a tidbit that they maybe found a particular molecule on an exoplanet that might be a biomarker. And this might be part of a soft disclosure effort where they're trying to get people used to the idea of there being extraterrestrial life. Is this the case? Is it not the case? Well, let's find out to what was said specifically, both in the hearing and in the paper that they released. We're just going to do the short, short version. This is not a normal full episode. This is just a quick episode to cover what was going on, and then we will get back to you with a normally scheduled episode should, should release every Monday as usual. All right, so NASA says that they've been studying UFOs, which, of course, nobody is surprised by. Of course, they have been. They've just been lying about it for a long time. On September 15th, they released a report and had a live press conference about UFOs. Kind of strange. NASA is talking about UFOs, people. Like, oh my God, right? Seriously. Some of the main takeaways from this press conference and papers are that the report was written by written and researched by 16 NASA experts. So this is not just one dude in a basement, you know, like a X-Files thing where you just got one guy that nobody really respects. This is a whole team of people, which is kind of interesting. The report says that UFOs are not aliens, but they're also not not aliens either. They're pretty vague on that point, even though they say that they're not aliens. And they also say that NASA is going to be using AI and machine learning to search for life in the cosmos. And that's pretty interesting because I wonder if AI and machine learning could detect, you know, detect some anomalies or biosignatures or something. So who knows? That seems pretty promising to me. Here's a quote. Coupled with incomplete data archiving and curation, this means that the origin of numerous UAP remain uncertain. Kind of just, uh, I don't know say a whole lot of words that don't really mean a whole lot, you know, of course, UAP remain uncertain. That's why they're UAP. If, you know, if they were identified, then they would not be unidentified. It goes without saying. Now, uh, announce this particular study was announced in October of 2022. And they said that the goal was to separate fact from fiction. I'm like, okay, sure. I'm with you so far. <laughs> why not? That's what you're going to do in a study, right? I suppose. 
So they looked over only unclassified information for a period of nine months. A lot of people wonder, well, why haven't you looked at classified information? We'll get to that. The, uh, the better collection and analysis of data is one of their goals. So they're saying that a lot of what they say implies certain things. So they're implying that good data has not been collected before and there has not been good analysis done before. But I would disagree because Project Blue Book collected an awful lot of good data. There have been sightings that included radar data, uh, visual data, photographs, whatever. They're, I mean, they're implying that we don't have good data, which I think is not true. It depends on the case. You have to take it on a case-by-case basis. But to make a broad sweeping statement like that, either they're lying to us or they are completely ignorant of historical cases, which I find hard to believe. All right, here's a quote. Understanding the data is critical to helping us draw scientific conclusions about what is happening in our skies. So they're saying there's a chance. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, again, they have this way of using a whole lot of words to say not really that much stuff. So, of course, we need to understand the data, right? I mean, that goes without saying. Why are they even wasting our time with this crap? I don't know. They make a distinction between UFOs and UAP. UAP stands for Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, used to describe unexplainable sights in the sky. Okay, yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. UFO stands for Unidentified Flying Object, used colloquially to to describe alien spacecraft. Now that just isn't true. Uh, there, I think most people understand that unidentified object is just an object that's unidentified. It doesn't necessarily mean aliens, but here they're trying to distance themselves from the past, which they are kind of painting in a negative light saying, look, Hey, these other people using this term, they're just kind of crazy wackadoodles. We are not crazy wackadoodles. We want to study this thing scientifically, We're serious, guys. We're like super serial about this. We're not going to use the same terminology. We're going to use UAP, which is not a new term, by the way. That's an older term as well. But it's just, it's more of a catch all thing, I suppose, because UFO, some people suggest that that means flying crafts, but it has been used to describe literally anything in the sky, uh, you know, orbs or whatever. So I don't know. They're pretty much interchangeable. And it's sort of silly to me that they're trying to make this distinction, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I feel like all this is unnecessary. If, if they take themselves seriously, other people will take them seriously too. It's as simple as that, right? Take yourself seriously. Other people will take you seriously as well. If you, I don't know, walk around wearing a big giant clown bow tie and a tinfoil hat, People aren't going to take you seriously. So don't do that if you're studying UFOs, I guess. I don't know. It just seems redundant and unnecessary. Now, a little while ago, NASA did give a progress report, and they said that many sightings are explainable, but not all. Two to five percent of what they looked at was anomalous. This number is much, much lower than what was found before through, like, let's say, Project Blue Book, which is kind of interesting. And I'm not saying I dispute that number. I'm just saying it's interesting that their number is much, much lower. Is that because we have better observational tools? Is it because they're, you know, refining and narrowing what they're actually looking at, which could be, you know, that could be the case. They're looking at not all of the reports, but some of the reports so they can pick and choose. Maybe, I don't know. There's all sorts of explanations for that, but that's a much lower number than I've seen in the past. 
but they're not there. Like I said earlier, so you're saying there's a chance, you know, they're saying it's only two to 5%, but it's not 0%. Commercial pilots do not like to report sightings for obvious reasons. And that's one of the things that NASA wants to change. They're aiming to change that. They want commercial pilots and military pilots to feel comfortable reporting anomalous things. So because of that, they want people to come forward and they want to take the stigma away the stigma, I might add, that they helped put in place. That's one of the things they're focusing on in the report. So one of their big things that they keep pushing over and over again is that they want transparency. They set the panel up to offer transparency, which is sort of like, oh, geez, after decades and decades of not being transparent, all of a sudden, you're just going to do a 180 out of nowhere. We're, okay, we're going to be transparent now, guys. We promise. Why would we believe them? It's kind of like uh, like Lucy with the football, you know? Like Charlie Brown keeps going to cook, kick the football, and every single time, whoop, oh, sorry, you don't get a kick at this time. It kind of reminds me of something like that, where, oh, serious, okay, seriously, I'm going to hold the football this time, I promise. This time, I will hold it for you and let you kick it. You know, pinky swear, knock on wood, whatever you want to say, it's going to happen this time. And, you know, it's hard, it's, it's boy who cried wolf or whatever. It's hard to take them at their word got to be honest. But anyways, they talk about the witnesses, many of them being military people. And they say that the biggest challenge is the lack of data. The quote here is eyewitness reports are not reproducible and yeah, no shit. They're not reproducible and usually lack the information needed to make any definitive conclusions. That's why we call them UFOs because we don't have enough data. Look, if we had you know, a webcam stuck to the outside of these things and we were able to catch them in nets, then we would have better data. That's part of the problem for this topic. And that's why a lot of scientists don't want to touch it is because we don't have the data and it's not reproducible. Now, reproducible, that's one of the big things for the scientific process. Anything in science has to be reproducible. Otherwise, there's no point to it. So that's where science kind of fails when it comes to looking at these things in, in this one specific aspect. But if you have something that only happens once, you have an event that is not reproducible. That's it. Sorry, guys. That's just a fact of the thing. You have to wait around for a sighting to happen. You cannot make sightings happen. Sorry, Dr. Greer. It's just not the way these things work. At least I don't believe that's the way they work. Now, NASA's satellites, according to the report, NASA's satellites are not good at detecting small objects like most UFOs. They're geared more towards things like weather patterns, which, again, I don't believe them, but that's what they say. <laughs> you know, I remember in the 80s, people talking about satellites that could read a license plate from orbit, and you're telling me they haven't improved on that since then. In fact, they've, they've gotten worse since then. Sure, right, buddy, I believe you. <clears throat> I got this bridge to sell you. I don't know. Anyways, they stress the need for an evidence-based approach rooted in the scientific message, a message rooted in the scientific method. And yeah, I mean, that's great. That's great that they want to be scientific about it and they want good data because let's face it, a lot of, a lot of sightings, even a lot of sightings we've talked about on this show, you pretty much just have to take people's words for it. You don't have hard evidence or physical evidence or anything. But there are a lot of cases with physical evidence, with radar returns and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's a mixed bag. So 
that's, you know, that's good that they want to take that approach, but you know, you have to leave out quite a lot of cases, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because those cases, you can't really do anything with those cases anyways. It's just, all right, we can use our imaginations, but we can never actually solve it. So, I mean, that's expected, I suppose. All right. Now, NASA wants to use stuff like its satellites to look up the environmental conditions around UAP sightings in order to, here's a quote, directly probe whether certain environmental factors are coincident with known UAP. So they're, I mean, they're saying, kind of saying they want to debunk stuff without saying they're going to debunk stuff, right? They're going to use their satellites and things to probe whether certain environmental factors are coincident with UAP. Um, they're looking for natural causes here. That's kind of what that sounds like to me. But again, they're being needlessly vague, as you would expect from NASA. You know, <laughs> never a straight answer. Um, but if they're just going to debunk stuff, why this dog and pony show? Why are you doing this whole new thing and rolling it out like it's a brand new effort with transparency and whatever, when it's just going to be the same old song and dance that we've had so many times before? Uh, you know, going back decades, even this has happened before and it'll happen again. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to believe them. They're going to pull the football up again. But anyways, maybe I'm just being pessimistic because of the history of the topic. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Another interesting thing they said, which I found kind of surprising was they want to crowdsource the whole thing with open source apps that people can install on their phones. This makes a lot of sense in some ways, because our phones are basically like this sensor cluster in our pocket and they have pretty good capabilities. Like, you know, and if NASA could tap into everybody's phone out there for looking at UFOs or UAPs, that could be a tremendous resource, but it's also problematic. <laughs> you know what I mean? We already know that they're surveilling us all the time. That's, I mean, I don't think anybody is surprised by that anymore, but do you really want to put uh, an app on your phone that gives NASA or, you know, a branch of the government total access to your phone all the time? So they would have to be specific about what they mean by capabilities or whatever they want to do with our phones. They'd have to be specific with that because if they want to just use it and listen all the time or whatever, like constant microphone recording, I don't know. I don't see that being successful. I don't think too many people are going to sign on for that, but who knows? They haven't really said what their plan is for that. So maybe it'll be something really cool that we can use. Maybe I can just set up an old cell phone that I have sitting on the shelf collecting dust, plug it in, throw it outside and let it collect data. I don't know. Who knows? Anything's possible. Time will tell. I can't wait to see what their plan is. Maybe it'll be exciting. The report ends by saying that there's no reason to conclude that UFOs are extraterrestrial, quote, However, those objects must have traveled through our solar system to get here. So what are they saying? What does that mean? What does that even mean? That's what I mean when I said at the beginning, I said, they're, say they're saying that it's not ETs, but they're also not, not saying it's ET. You know, like they're saying, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, this isn't ET, but you know, kind of is, probably is, you know, <laughs> maybe we didn't make it and it came through our solar system to get here. So... ET? It's not, it's not ET, but it's not ours and it's technology. I don't know. You know, the, <laughs> this is what I mean. You know, never a straight answer. This is why, um, this is why a lot of people who are discussing this particular, uh, hearing and report, a lot of people just dismiss it out of hand. They don't really give it at the time of day. And I understand that, but I like to look at these things because sometimes 
you can glean a little bit of information from these that is very interesting, right? Sometimes there are some little tidbits in there that you have to dig for to find that are worthwhile. All right. And they also said, potential unknown alien technology operating in Earth's atmosphere is not a possibility that NASA is ready to deny. Like I said, they're not not saying it's not ETs either. You know what I mean? All right. Now there's now we're talking about the briefing. What was said in the briefing? They had four officials from NASA were Bill Nelson, Nicola Fox, Dan Evans, and David Spurgle. These are all pretty important people within NASA. I won't go through their own, I won't go through everybody's um uh, resume, I guess, because I don't want to spend that much time on it, to be honest. <laughs> Bill Nelson spoke first, saying that the study was a shift from sensationalism to science. Now, as I talked about earlier, basically what they're saying or what they're suggesting here is that everything that came before us is basically a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of bullshit. We're going to forget all that stuff and we're going to do some real actual science. Forget everything for, you know, all those sightings that happened before all the government investigations that happened before. It's all a bunch of bullshit. We're going to do the real work. What we're going to do is going to be the real stuff, the real deal. Forget all that other stuff. So, you know, if you're willing to look at what they're actually saying, and understand what what their suggestions are, what you know, what their underlying assumptions are. There are some pretty interesting things here. So they're trying to downplay previous efforts. Why that is, I don't know, but that's what they're saying here. A lot of what the a lot of what the press conference was, a lot of a lot of words without actually saying anything, as you might expect. They constantly stress transparency, and they said that they wanted to work with other agencies as well. Now, here's one interesting that they did say was that recent technological advancements, including the James Webb telescope, make it almost certain that we will find Earth-like planets. Boom. What have I been saying for a while now? Um, And I actually, I was, but even before I said it on the show, which I've been saying this on the show for a long time, but I see, you know, I've been saying this on the show for a while now that technological advancements are going to, we're going to find life on another planet sooner or later. And that's what they mean by Earth-like, by the way. We're not talking about just a rock with some water on it, because that's not Earth-like. Earth-like means a planet teeming with life. And here they're saying it's only a matter of time until we find it with our technology. And that's what I've been saying for a long time. And that's why they're doing the soft disclosure, in my opinion. They said it right here. This is what I mean. You can find some really interesting tidbits. They said it. They said it right here. Mic drop. Boom. I got it. I got it, guys. I predicted it. Anyways, so that's why I think they're doing the soft disclosure. I'll stop patting my own back now and move on. (laughs) So here's a quote. We start this without any preconceived notions. Bullshit but understanding that we are in a world of discovery. And again, um, I won't belabor the point. I've already said it. Previous cases, previous investigations that they're just going to just throw in the garbage can apparently and you know maybe take all the credit for what predecessors have done. Nicola Fox came on and said, UAP are one of our planet's greatest mysteries and is really due to the limited number of high-quality data that surrounds such incidents. So that kind of suggests that, hey, if we had the data, it would just be regular stuff like birds and balloons and whatever. Not a big deal. 
And this is not a new thing. They've said that before, that if we had all the data, we could explain 100% of the things. It's just we don't have enough data, so therefore it seems more mysterious than it really is. Not a surprising quote to find in here. Not surprising at all. So, you know, they're they're kind of they're kind of pushing this idea. They're egging you on saying, oh, could be aliens. It's not, but it could be. And then they have a quote saying, yeah, we just don't have enough data. You know, like they're they're really playing both sides quite a lot, quite a lot, actually. It's surprising. Um, so she says, again, she says a lot of stuff without saying a whole lot of words, talks about AI and machine learning. And then Dan Evans comes on and he gives reasons why NASA wants to study UAPs. Well, I thought that was obvious, <laughs> you know, I thought you don't really need, um, reasons. I mean, that's just what you would do, right? If you see something unexplainable and exciting, that's possibly, you know, technology we don't understand. Of course, you're going to study it. You don't need to explain it, but here's what he said expanding our knowledge of the world around us. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. The safety of our skies. Yeah. Those are two really, really good reasons to do that. And these are not new ideas or new reasons. And he stresses that the work will be evidence-based and data-driven. Once again, kind of shitting on previous efforts, suggesting that they were not serious efforts. Um, despite the many, many investigative, investigative efforts throughout the years. And he says, uh, we want to foster trust and collaboration with the public. <clears throat> Bullshit. No, really. Like, how can you believe these people at some point? You know, like the, the quote that comes to mind is fool me once shame on you. Fool me. You won't get fooled again. You should look up the video of that, by the way. Hilarious. I love me some Bushisms. All right. David Spurgle is up next, and he said that NASA's assets didn't have the resolution for UAP events, so they really want to drive home the fact that, look, guys, we don't have anything. We can't observe these things with our satellites and whatnot, because that's one of the people that, that one of the people, that's one of the questions that a lot of people ask. A lot of people want to know if they have all these surveillance satellites in orbit all the time. They're looking at everything all the time now, all these spy satellites, everything. Why don't we have satellite imagery or satellite detection of UFOs? We absolutely should have. So why don't they release that with, you know, even going back to like the nineties with like the, um, <clears throat> like the Phoenix light case, there was a satellite up there looking at that area when it happened. Why don't we have that footage, right? Why don't we have it? So they're, they're trying to avoid that question by saying, uh, we don't have anything that can do that. Yeah. Bull shit but whatever, dude, what can you do? He says that the, the public's role cannot be overstated and stresses once again, that there's no evidence that UAPs are extraterrestrial. And he says that most of them are planes, drones, balloons, etc. And again, he stresses transparency. They are really serious about this. They, we promise guys, we promise this time we're going to be transparent. A reporter asked, Fox, who the director of the UAP research was, but she wouldn't say, and only said that the person had been working at the job for a little while, for months or whatever. So not surprisingly, before the press conference is even over, they completely contradict the one thing that they push more than anything else, which is transparency. <laughs> I think they said that more than anything. And right away, they are contradicting themselves. Now, the excuse they use is that um, people send like attacks and threats at the researchers. So they don't want to say who's in charge for that person's own safety, but I'm calling bullshit on that. You know, if they can, if the secret service can keep the president safe, 
then I'm sure they can, you know, keep a researcher safe from a couple of nerds on Reddit or whatever. I don't even know. So Fox said that they needed to remove the stigma that, again, they helped create so that more people, particularly pilots, felt comfortable reporting this stuff. David Spurgle and Dan Evans said that the panel had been harassed and received threats. Okay, again, I just said that. Um, someone asked about the dead aliens in Mexico, <laughs> which we haven't really talked to. I think we might have talked about it. I don't know. Might have mentioned it. Um, and uh, um, Spurgle said that he'd seen the story on Twitter and suggested that the Mexican government release samples to international scientists for evaluations. Um, it, it seems like they're not really taking it that seriously. And they were also asked about David Grush's recent testimony, which we haven't really talked about that. I don't think, but David Grush came out with some pretty interesting claims. And, um, he replied that NASA was transparent and said, show me the evidence, which I think a lot of people actually agree with. David Grush hasn't really produced actual evidence. It's basically just testimony at this point. So I'm not saying that Grush is lying. I'm just saying that I await further developments in the case very anxiously. I would love to see where that story goes next. But as far as why we haven't really done an episode on it is I don't think there's enough there to really talk about. It's just basically his word against whatever. So we don't know for sure. It's just one person saying stuff. So we need more witnesses, maybe some evidence or something to come out to back him up, which as I'm, I'm not aware of any of that having surfaced yet. Maybe I just didn't see it. I don't know. All right. They were asked why they only used unclassified data. I said I would get to this later and here we are. Evans said, one of the reasons we restricted ourselves this study to unclassified data is because we can speak openly about it and in doing so, aiming again to alter the discourse from sensationalism to science. So again, they're shitting on predecessors by saying that it was all just sensationalism. And they're saying that, hey, we're only going to look at unclassified stuff. There's still classified stuff that we are not going to talk about, which I find a little suspicious. And, you know, he kept talking about that good old transparency. Well, I mean, you know, uh, what can you do, right? At least they're talking about it. You know, at least they're talking about it. So, um... There was an example of media coverage I saw in this story, which I think is interesting to just point out how they are covering the story. Not everybody covers it like this, but the, just, well, I'll just read it. NASA is going to have a hard time winning over the most hardcore elements of what might be described as the UFO community. Look at how they word that. Um, winning over the mo most hardcore elements and then he says, not the UFO, he doesn't say, the author does not say the UFO community. He says, what might be described as the UFO community? Almost like he's mocking the UFO community. Like, oh, these silly little idiots, they believe this nonsense. You know, like it's just, it's so condescending. Fuck off. People who are convinced that aliens are zipping through our skies and that the government is covering it up. Some of these fervent believers fixated on NASA Chief Bill Nelson's comments about the origins of U UAPs. And it's just so goddamn condescending, you know? It's like, no, fuck off, dude. You know, if you can't take this seriously, don't even, don't even cover it. You know, they're, they're not just believers. They're fervent believers. But what about the people who saw something and are very concerned about that and they want to know what it, what it was? What about people who didn't necessarily see, see anything, but they are interested in the topic and they want to know more? Does that are those people fervent believers fixated on NASA chief Bill Nelson's comments or are they just curious people who want to know more? And let, let's let's look up the definition of fervent by the way. 
just for shits and gigs because um, I, I haven't met too many people interested in the topic who this applies to, but um, having or showing great emotion or zeal, ardent, extremely hot or glowing or boiling and burning. So, I mean, having a great emotion or zeal, I guess people get emotional. People get excited. I don't know, whatever, but zeal, I don't know. It's a little strong for me. Anyways, that was, um, Mike Wendling, us, us disinformation reporter. So fuck off, Mike. Yeah, that's, that's what I got to say about that. So a lot of words, again, a lot of words were said without really saying a whole lot of anything, but there's still a couple of really interesting tidbits in there. Like for example, the part where he said, we're going to find something because of technology, which I've been saying for a while. So I, I found that very exciting. But other than that, there wasn't a ton here, but I still wanted to do a little blurb on it, talk about it a little bit and release it in a timely manner rather than as a regular episode, because we're actually a couple weeks ahead on our regular episodes. Um, we did, an, we recorded a couple extra to have some in the pocket for when, um, you know, keep some in the back pocket for when our, we have a schedule conflict or if we have to go on vacation or, you know, my dad's coming up to visit in a, a next month, actually, my dad's going to come visit for a week and it's going to be somewhat difficult to record. I don't want to spend a day or two doing research and then record. I'd rather just hang out with my dad because he doesn't come, he doesn't visit that often. So I'd rather not record that week. So we'll have a couple in the bag here so we can release them. So I didn't want to wait to talk about this because this is a timely manner. It just happened hot off the presses. So I wanted to talk about it while it was still smoking hot. Uh, yeah, so that's all I got for you this time. Um, check out the links in the description. We got all the good stuff. You can support the show on Patreon where you get early access to all of the episodes, um, after hours, bonus episodes and vote on upcoming stuff. Lots of good stuff there. And we also have merchandise and you can email us. We have a discord, all that good stuff. Link in the description on the link tree. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you could really help us out by subscribing giving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and suggesting the show to your friends. Keep it strange. <laughs>